When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Many of us have the same goal. We want financial freedom and to leave a legacy for our families. But it all starts by making the right choices. The caliber of our financial future will be determined by the financial choices we make today. It's never too late to start taking the necessary steps to change your financial future. Trust me, your future self will thank you. 80% of millionaires are first-generation millionaires. When I hear that the average millionaire didn't become a millionaire until the age of 49, I understand it because mindsets tend to shift. So listen, don't give up on your dreams just yet. Now, before we hop into today's show, I want to remind you of the book of the month, Goals by Zig Ziglar. Get your copy linked in the description box below. And while you're there, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe so you can be notified every single time we drop a new video. All right, now let's hop into the show. Welcome to the table, yeah, yeah. We gon' get real, we gon' get right. Oh, building up wealth, we gon' give life. Welcome to the table. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day, family. It's Martin Luther King Jr. Month, let's be honest. We're going to be celebrating this, man, um, all month long. And, you know, uh, during this time, we often hear uh, the I Have a Dream speech. We often hear people talk about his amazing speeches. And as we are celebrating him this entire month, I found five interesting facts about this great man, anointed man, flawed man of God. I mean, I'm saying flawed uh, because there's only one perfect individual in this, uh, on this world. I'm going to say on in. That's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, but did y'all know that Martha King Jr. was named after Protestant reformer Martin Luther? Did you know that? Put a, put a one in the chat. Not a one in the chat, but put, hey, I knew this stuff. What about this? The average person is going to college around 18 to about 20 right now. Martha King went to college when he was 15 years old. Now, we all knew that uh, King was arrested a lot of times. But real quick, how many times do you think he was arrested? Put it in the chat if you're watching this live. How many times do you think King was arrested on our behalf, on black people's behalf, on, on equality's behalf? Five times? Nope. Ten? Nope. How about 20 Nine times uh, this man was arrested. We all know that, unfortunately, King was assassinated. But did you know that there was an assassination attempt on his life a decade before his actual death? 
King survived it. He survived an assassination attempt a decade before he was actually killed and taken away from us. Last one. After his death, the King family filed a civil case against the government and actually won. On December 8, 1999, 12 jurors reached a unanimous decision that King's death was result was a result of a conspiracy. <laughs> the trial took place in Memphis, Tennessee, and included four weeks of testimony and over 70 witnesses. The jury was convinced by the evidence and reached a verdict after only an hour of deliberation. Overwhelming advice, or not advice, evidence showed James Earl Ray was not the shooter, but Warsis was set up to take the blame. <laughs> after the evidence showed Ray did not pull the trigger, local, state, and federal U.S. government agencies and the mafia were to blame. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Man. I want to start off today's show uh, before we get into these mind-blowing these startling stats, these crazy money stats that I believe will definitely help us really understand the importance of taking our finances serious, seriously because, you know, we often hear, um, uh, especially within the black community, uh, don't become a hashtag. We often celebrate people after they're gone. They're hashtag, say her name, say his name. Um, and my philosophy when it comes to money is don't become a part of the stat. Like, don't, be, don't, don't become a part of the negative stat. 78% of people are living paycheck to paycheck. I don't want you a part of that stat. I want you to create your own stat. I want you to be a part of a stat that's hardly talked about. And today, I'm going to go through the top 10 stats that, that just have me shook a little bit in, in, a, in a way. Uh, this is a, a good way, and it's a bad way. But before we go there, I want to start off and bring our attention over to John. Chapter 17, verses 14 through, uh, I think I'm going to go to 17. Yeah, I think, I think I'm going to go all the way to 17. Yeah, actually, I'm going to do that. So we're in John chapter 17, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to start with verse 14. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is the truth. As you sent me, I'm going in verse 18. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. What this scripture is saying is that we are in the world, but we're not of the world. There's a quote that I really want you to remember today as we're going into these stats, because the reason why I chose this scripture for today is we're going to read some of these stats. We're in it, but we don't have to be a part of it. Today's affirmation and today's quote, I want you to repeat this after me. I want you to write it down if you can. If you need to pause and write it down, please do that. But the affirmation is, I am firmly rooted in my faith and values. While I navigate through the world, I remain untouched by its negativity and materialism. I am guided by light, love, spiritual wisdom, making choices that reflect my true essence and divine 
purpose. Let me say that one more time. I am firmly rooted in my faith and values. While I navigate through the world, I remain untouched by its negativity and materialism. I am guided by light, love, and spiritual wisdom, making choices that reflect my true essence and my divine purpose. As we're talking about we're, we're in the world, but not of the world, as we are going into these money stats that, that I believe are going to shock some of you all, that I believe is going to convict some of you, some of us, it's going to challenge some of us to get out of these stats, because let's be real, some of us are going to be a part of these stats. But today, I want you to hear how real this is, but I want you to go back to this, this scripture. You're in it, but you're not of it, so let's get you out of it. And what we're going to do to really help you do this, help you do this, January 22nd all the way through the 26th, we are doing something that I believe is going to shake the world. It's going to shake the internet. It's going to shake social media. This is Pray FYI. We're going to be praying for your increase. January 22nd through the 26th, it is 100% free. Okay, we are going to get up every single day at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So during your lunch, uh, lunch hour, if you're on the East Coast, that's going to be what about what? 11, 10, 9, about 9 a.m. in the morning. If you could just put on your earphones, jump on this. We are going to log on and we are going to be touching in the green together and praying for our increase. Day one on that Monday, the 22nd, we're going to pray for our decrease in debt, our decrease in liabilities, our decrease in poor money habits, our decrease in anything that is negative towards our increase. Then Tuesday through Friday, we're just praying over every single increase, salaries, businesses, um, wealth, um, uh, our legacy. You know, we're praying over everything. So I needed to commit to giving me, or not giving me, giving yourself, giving your family, giving your loved ones 10 minutes to pray for your increase. We pray for our girlfriends. We pray for our spouses. We pray for material things. But when is the last time we came together and said, God, give us your spiritual wisdom so we can get the wealth, so we can get the increase, so we can get the things that we desire, so we can get out of these stats we're going through today and we can become a part of the minorities. What's going on, everyone? It's your boy AO here, and I'm super excited to share some incredible news with you. On January 22nd through the 26th, we're launching a transformative movement called Pray FYI, short for Pray for Your Increase. We're believing 2024 will be the year we eliminate debt and build wealth. So real quick, I want to give you a sneak peek into what's happening January 22nd through the 26th. I want to encourage you to join myself and thousands of others in this week of prayer as we're diving into a series of powerful sessions, each focusing on a key aspect of financial well-being. Join this movement by visiting PrayFYI.com. You see, day one, we're focusing on debt reduction and financial stress. We'll be praying for wisdom to identify and eliminate unnecessary expenses, making room for your financial growth and stability. On day two, it's all about increase in salaries and business income. We'll come together and pray for guidance in pursuing career opportunities, promotions, and the skills needed to boost our income. 
Day three is all about increase in wealth and investment opportunities. Let's pray for discernment and wisdom. We need this in making sound financial decisions that lead to long-term, I mean long-term, I mean generational prosperity. On day four, we're tackling boosting multiple streams of income. Together, we'll pray for creativity and opportunities to diversify our income streams, creating financial abundance. And finally, on day five, enhancing legacy. Let's pray for discernment and wisdom in making some sound financial decisions that lead to long-term prosperity. I wanna personally invite you to join me on this journey of financial and spiritual growth. Listen, I honestly, I can't wait to see you there. Visit PrayFYI.com to get started. I'll see you soon. When I say the minorities, I'm not talking about skin color. I'm talking about the minority of 1% of wealthy people, the minority of 10% of individuals making $100,000 or more. So if you want to go, if you want to be a part of this, go to PrayFYI.com. Is 100% free. We're going to send you all the information that you need uh, to, to join us every single day. And I promise you, I promise you, it's going to bless you. Give yourself 10 minutes every single day for one week. And I promise you by this year, you will not be, by this time, next year, you will not be the same. Let's get into the first step. Let's, 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 let's get into the first step, man. Let, let's get into the first step. These stats are interesting. Like I it literally blew me away. It it some of these stats shook me. This very first one, you guys have heard this before. You've heard this before. Number one, 57% of Americans don't have enough savings to cover a one thousand dollar emergency. 57% of individuals do not have Enough savings to cover a $1,000 emergency. <laughs> and you know, this, you know why this, this makes me upset a little bit? But, but I have grace, and this is why I'm here doing what I'm doing. It's because when I go on social media and I see my brothers popping a champagne bottle and they ain't drinking it, but they're pouring it out on the floor. Pouring it out on my, 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 my sister's behinds. But then yet, we want to complain and say the system wasn't made for us, but we're not being good stewards of the money that we have. And the reason why I gave that example is because you're dropping at least $800 to $1,000 for a champagne bottle. So you're throwing $1,000 on the floor, but then yet we want to complain and say that we don't have the money. You don't have $1,000 in your savings account, but then we got name brand clothing items and, and, and purses and shoes and, and, and expensive cars that, that we do not need to be having. An average car note right now is $750. A brand new car note could be right around $1,000 to $1,200, but yet we do not have $1,000 in our emergency fund. And I'm pausing right there because it's like, I get it. I remember being young 
And when I say young, I'm talking about I used to be young financially, mentally, if that makes sense. I, I was immature financially while I was of age. And, 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 and you guys, this year I'm praying for increase. This year I want us to increase in our wellness, increase in our abundance, increase in our freedom. I am not saying that we cannot have a good time. Um, I am not saying that we cannot go out there and have nice things. Here's what I am saying. I don't care how rich you are. I don't care how wealthy you are. I do not see wealthy, smart individuals getting a champagne bottle and dumping it. Now, do we see them shake it up and pop it open and let the, you know, the stuff come out? Yes, absolutely we see that. But then we drink it. <laughs> you know, we're not going to waste the money. And <laughs> how do I say this? If you don't have $1,000 in your savings account right now, One, I want to say, it's all right. I want to encourage you this year. Your goal right now is to get at least one month of expenses inside of your savings account. That's your goal right now. If that means you need to tell your friends, hey, I can't step out this weekend. Um, parents, if that means you need to tell your kids, hey, we, we can't do this for the next two months. We're going to eat in. We're not going to be able to do extracurricular things as of right now. If, if, if that means you need to make some sacrifices so that you can have some cushion for when an emergency happens, then that's what we got to do, you guys. The, the last thing you want to do is have an emergency come up and you have to go run into a payday loan advance place. You have to go run into the bank to borrow money that you cannot afford to even uh, borrow. We should be positioning ourselves to be prepared and ready for an emergency. And you guys, credit cards are not for an emergency. It's not. Credit cards are not for an emergency. It's not. It's not. Which leads me to number two. There are 441 million credit card accounts, of which 191 million accounts, 43.4% had a revolving balance carried from month to month during 2023. I'm sorry, during quarter two of 2023 while 65% say they carry a balance at least some of the time. This is coming from LendingTree. So 43.4% have a revolving balance. So this is nearly half of American people. 65%, the majority of people say, I tend to carry a balance from, from time to time, yes. I may carry it for two months. I may carry it for two years. I may carry it forever. But, you know, I don't carry, you know, forever. They, they, they carry a balance 
the majority of the time. So when I hear people say I pay off my credit card every single month, I never carry a balance. The majority of you are lying. Based upon the stats, the majority of us are lying. And so I did some research. There's, there's two kinds of, there's two numbers out there. There's, 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 there's two numbers out there, right? Two numbers, two numbers, two numbers. Uh, when it comes to a credit card balance. I saw one number of $5,800. But the Federal Reserve gave me a number of $7,951 of the average credit card balance in the U.S. And so I said, okay, I'm going to stick with that one because it's the Federal Reserve's and the U.S. Census Bureau. Paying the minimum balance of $150 on $7,951, if this was your credit card balance, it would take you eight years and 11 months to pay off that balance. If you just make the minimum payment on $7,951, that's about $150. It would take you eight years to pay that off. Almost nine. To be exact, it's eight years and 11 months. That's a total interest of $8,019 on top of the $7,951 that you borrowed. Pause. Pause. Why? To the individuals who don't carry a balance, this ain't for you. Okay, This ain't for you. But to the individuals who carry a balance... I really want to show you what you're doing and why this is so scary. This is why I'm, I'm adamant about financial freedom and not carrying debt. Because you borrow 7,000, but you're paying back 8,000 on top of the 7,000. So you're giving them back 7,000 and the penalty for you borrowing $7,000 is you're paying them 8,000. So you're giving them back $15,000 and some change. What's going on, fam? I want to thank my friends at Wear BetterHelp for sponsoring today's show. Hey, folks, let's switch things up as we step into 2024. Instead of the usual new year, new you mindset, how about we focus on what's already working well in our lives? I want you to think about it. Maybe you've got a handle on organizing your space or you're nailing your morning routine with supplements. Why not build on the success? This is where therapy can be a game changer. It's not just about fixing problems. It's about recognizing and expanding on your strengths. Therapy helps you understand what you're doing right and how to leverage that to make lasting positive changes. <laughs> now, if you're like me, finding time for therapy can be a little bit challenging. Let's be real. That's where BetterHelp comes in. It's entirely online. It's uh, making it super convenient and flexible. You can fit it into your schedule no matter how busy you 
are. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and if you ever feel the need to switch therapists, you can do so anytime at no extra charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with the licensed therapist, and if you ever feel the need to switch therapists, you can do so at any time at no extra cost. Whether you've been in therapy before or considering it for the very first time, listen here, my friends at BetterHelp are a great option. It's not just for those who face major trauma, it's for anyone looking to empower themselves and to be the best version of themselves in 2024. So listen, I want you to celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com AO today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that is betterhelp.com AO or the link will be in today's show notes. All right, let's get back to today's show. And so I did some math. I did some math. And 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 <laughs> I wanna I wanna take you over to my website. Take me uh bring me over to the screen. I, I wanna show y'all this. If you go over to anthonyoneal.com, I just wanna give you the honest math. The honest math. Uh come down to this website. Again, we have so many free tools as you all can see here. If you really want to get out of debt, start building wealth, there's so many free tools on my website, so many um, articles uh, on teaching you um, how you can save money, smart ways to invest, et cetera. We're updating this thing at least two times a week here, but I really want to bring your attention to uh, my wealth calculator, all right? And so let's just say for an example, uh, the average person watching me right now, let's say you're 30, right? Let's say you're 30. And at what age do you plan to retire, right? Let's just say you plan to retire at 65 years old. Let me go back up here. I accidentally hit that number. So 30, retire at 65. All right, cool. Let's just say you put that $8,019 inside of your investment. All right. Let's say you put that $8,019 inside of your investment. This is the interest that you paid to the credit card company. All right. And let's just say worst case scenario, worst case scenario, uh, you, let's say 8%. The S&P does about 10 to 12%, but I'm going to play it safe. Let's just say over 35 years, you invested $8,000. You just put that in there one time. You got an 8% return. And let's say you put zero in that account. Zero. Put me back up on the screen. I need them to see this. Don't take them off. I need them to see it. <laughs> you put zero dollars in it with an 8% return. With $8,019 that you interest over 35 years. Look how much money you gave away. You gave away $122,000 in growth in compound interest. This is free money. Now, mind you, I teach, keep them on the screen, I want them to see this number. I teach at, at least be investing 10 to 15% of your income into your retirement plan. But let's just say, you know what? You don't want to invest nothing at all. And you put this $8,000 into a good mutual fund, into a good IRA, maybe back into your 401k. That's $122,000 you could have got over 30 years. But let's just say, you know what? Let's just say you came over here and you, you gave yourself $150 a month. So instead of giving it to the credit card company, you're giving it to yourself. Well, how much money are you going to get? 
My goodness, it doesn't double, it triples. Now you're almost at a half a million dollars that you have. Look at the growth, you guys. 403,000. You only contributed about $63,000 with your initial investment of 8,000. So that's about $71,000 that you put into it. But the power of compound interest, you grew free money, good money, $403,000. You can come back to me now, Jay. So when we look at this, what decisions are we doing? I say this all the time. The caliber of our financial future will be determined by the financial choices we make today. What financial choices are you making that's impacting your tomorrow? Mm. What? What financial choices? Which leads me to, when we say choices, which leads me to stat number three. That just blew my mind. I'm like, what? Wait, what? Stat number three. Less than 17% of high schoolers took a semester of personal finance. You got to be kidding me. School, we go to school to learn how to read, write, process information, add, and get us ready to get a job. I have a problem with the school system here. Now, don't get me wrong. My mom is in education. My sister is in education. I have a lot of family members who are in education. But how are you teaching me to get a job, but then you're not preparing me for what the, what's the purpose of the job? A check. We got to do something different about this. This is why parents, it's very important to make sure that if they're not getting a personal financial educational course inside of uh, their schools, what are they getting at home? And I know you may be saying, Anthony, I don't really have the best stuff. I'll be watching you. Cool. Great. Expose your kids to my channel. Make sure that they're watching my channel. I don't, I don't talk about nothing crazy on here. I don't talk about nothing, nothing, no, 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 no. I'm here to help us increase. And we got to help our young people get to the point that they understand financial literacy. Now, I've been blessed, and, and I'm blessed and privileged enough to be inside of um, a, a curriculum with the Ramsey organization in their middle school and high school curriculum. I'm actually going to be working on something I can come out with myself within the next couple of years uh, for, you know, my, my community to start teaching their young people. Um, I'm really, 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 really blessed and fortunate. That's one of the best high school and middle school curriculums in the world, uh, the Dave Ramsey courses they have for young people inside the high schools. It's the best. It's the best. But this bothers me that our young people, they're learning how to read, they're learning how to write, they're learning how to add, they're learning how to do algebra, they're learning how, the history, uh, they're learning, you know, uh, what else they learning in schools, uh, whatever, the, whatever the other stuff they're learning in schools, but they're not really learning. One of the most important things about life is how to be a good steward with your money. I wish somebody explained to me what taxes were. I wish somebody would have told me, hey, if I'm going to pay you $15 an hour, your first check may be $100, but you're only going to see about $65, $70 of it. What? I made plans for my very first check. I made plans for that full $100, and I was so upset because no one taught me about taxes. What are you doing with your young people? 
We can sit there and we can teach them how to do the latest dance on TikTok. I'm seeing we're, we're, we're bragging about young people cussing up a storm. We're, we're laughing at that. It's popular to make your kids do something to have them go viral. I don't care about my kids going viral whenever I have kids. I want my kids to grow up, and when they turn 18, they got a check for 100000 for 200000 and they know what to do with that check. I want to position my kids to start off life better than me. Them going viral don't mean nothing. Them knowing the latest dance don't mean nothing. Let's start getting them the information so when they turn 18, when they turn 21, when they turn 25, they're making boss moves. They're, they're making wealth moves. They're impacting the world. We're talking about high schoolers. Feeling this one. Talking about high schoolers. Talking about how we're not giving them the financial education. I think that, which leads into number four, we're not giving them the financial education, but we're also not really stepping back and asking them, what is the best thing for your future? Instead of us forcing college onto them, when is the last time we've sat down with them and said, hey, you know what? What do you desire? Like, what are your strengths? What are your skills? What is the right strategy for you moving forward? Because stat number four reveals that nearly 40% of undergraduate student loan borrowers don't graduate with a degree. So they go to school, borrow money to go to school, realize college is not for me. College was not the right strategy for me. So they drop out and I still have student loans. When if we would have stepped back and said, okay, let's write down the strategy. Let's come up with a strategy that's best for you, son. That's best for you, daughter. And parents, I hate to say this, but it is what it is. Right now, if your son or daughter is real good on a PlayStation or Xbox, you got to find a strategy for that. If your son and daughter is real good with their hands and you see that they're cutting hair, they're, they're, they're doing good with, you know, uh, braiding hair and designing hair. It's like, listen, find the right strategy for them. If, if you see that your son or daughter, um, is, they have a lot of influence, find the right strategy for them. College is not the right strategy for everybody. We have so many boot camps and we have so many um, 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 uh, side, uh, what do they call these trade schools that young people can go to and they're getting out making $50,000, $60,000, $70,000 a year. When the average person in America is making about forty-eight to $52,000 a year. What? Wait, hold on. Wait a minute. You're telling me I can go to a boot camp like Course Careers, pay $450, do them for about 60 to 90 days, get out of that, go get me a job making $60,000, $70,000 a year plus commission at 18, at 19 years old? Yes. When the average American, the average adult Working American is making forty-eight to fifty-two thousand dollars a year. I could be eighteen, and I can pay four hundred and fifty dollars, no debt, graduate, go to school, uh, go to this trade school, go to this boot camp, 
take it at my own speed and come out making 50, 60, 70,000 plus commission? Yes, you can. And I'm going to drop Course Careers information in the show notes today. That's not just Course Careers. We got my friends over there at Bethel Bethel, uh, uh, Technology School where they're giving you higher-end jobs for like a quarter of the price of a degree, like $15,000. Their completion rate is insane. I'm going to drop their information there too. So you got several different options when the average school I wrote the book just to get a four-year degree, the average is going to be about $100,000. So you have an option to where I can go to a trade school like Bethel, pay about $15,000, They even have a program at Bethel that's like $5,000 to get you a job and like $80,000. But if you want to get an entry-level tech job, then you can go to course careers at $450. My goodness. You're spending less money, boom, you're good. So I'm going to drop those two information in there. You're going to be able to go see what is the right program for you. If you fall into this stat as far as in you're going to college um, and you're dropping out or you went to college and you dropped out, you didn't have a degree. Because another stat, we're going to, we're going to, it's going to come back to this, which, I, which actually it is. Here it is. <laughs> stat number five, 77% of employees are not happy at their work. 77% of team members are not happy with their jobs. This is insane. And I think the reason why 77% of these individuals are not happy with their jobs is because maybe they deserve a pay raise, but they haven't really done the right things to get the pay raise. What's going on, fam? It's your boy, A.O. And I got to talk to you about something near and dear to my heart, and that's representation. You see, growing up, seeing black voices in media was like finding gold in a mine. It showed me what was possible. People like Oprah, Steve Harvey, and even Malcolm X, they paved the way for folks like me to step into the spotlight. And now there's a new wave of black voices making extreme waves, and they're doing it on NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths. This collection is a celebration of blackness like none other. Each episode is like a journey through our shared experiences. Joy, resilience, empowerment is all there. From Bobby to Michelle Obama, they're covering it all. And let me tell you, Listening to these episodes, it's like sitting down with your fam and having a real talk about what it means to be black today. NPR is not holding back with this show. They're bringing you stories that matter, uh, stories that reflect the full spectrum of black life. It's like they say, stories should never be about us without us. So do yourself a favor and tune in to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR. It's not just a podcast. I'm going to be real with you. It's a movement. Listen now, wherever you get your podcast, and let's keep celebrating our stories and our truths. All right, let's get back to my show. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Maybe you haven't really came up with the right system, the right strategy to position yourself to get the pay raise. Maybe you don't know how to present yourself to your boss to get the pay raise. So it's like, maybe you do enjoy the job. Maybe you do enjoy the work, but you're underpaid. And that could be fair. This this could be so real. <laughs> because if you're not getting paid what you're worth, then yes, you're not going to be excited to come into the job. Especially our sisters. I'm just, especially our sisters. Especially my black ladies. Not just the black ladies, all women. Women tend to be paid less than men. And because of this, man, and I've been seeing this because of me on my side of the chair, right? I said this in one of my shows. Like, I, I understand what it, what it feels like now to be, you know, a, a CEO of a company when I spent the majority of my life on the opposite side being an employee, wanting more money, deserving more money, but I really wasn't doing the right things to position myself for more money. And I really didn't understand the whole company aspect. Now that I'm on this side, I'm like, okay, I get the whole company aspect. So I came up with a guide on how to get a raise in any career field that you're in. And I'm going to link that in today's show notes. It's like 20 bucks. It's like 30 pages long. It's an ebook to where I'm literally walking you through how to get the pay raise. So that way you can be happy when you walk into your job. This way, when you walk in, you're excited because if you bring in this, I'm not excited energy, two things are going to happen. That's going to flow over into the other workers. And what's going to happen is either they're not going to want to be with you or your spirit of negativity is going to run off onto them. Then now we create a negative atmosphere in the job and we don't want that. And so what's going to happen as a boss, as a CEO, I'm going to find the person who is carrying that spirit and I'm going to get rid of you. Because you wouldn't want that spirit in your own company if and when you have a company. So how about we figure this thing out? How about we figure this thing out? We, we, we got to figure it out. We got to figure it out. And another reason why some, some, uh, some people may not be happy at the job is because they just don't like what they do, which is why I'm saying, hey, listen, if you're not happy in the career field that you're in, please transition. Please go look into another career field that you will be happy in, that you will actually enjoy doing. I wake up every single day and I am excited because I get to, while I am learning, I get to teach my brothers and my sisters um, of the things that I'm learning to help us with our finances, to help us, you know, evolve and, and expand in wellness, abundance, and freedom. Uh, we are the E3 community. I get excited talking to my E3 community. I want you excited. So maybe you need to do some research and look into other careers. And I'm telling you right now, we were just talking about this. The top career that's creating net worth millionaires, the, the difference between a income millionaire and a net worth in, millionaire. Income millionaire is someone who makes a million dollars a year. Net worth millionaire may be someone who makes $75,000, $80,000 a year, but they've invested enough um, into enough things where their assets 
adds up to a million dollars. And we're gonna talk about our net worth millionaires. And so the biggest career right now that's creating net worth millionaires is the tech industry, which is why I said you need to really check out Course Careers or Bethel. And we're gonna put the information into today's show notes. Here's another, another reason why some people may not be happy. It's because the benefits. The benefits are not good. They don't offer life insurance. They, they don't offer, you know, health insurance. They may not offer certain things. And I can understand that. I could really understand that. Something that my company is working on. We just offered a 401k benefits with match, well, uh, with, with the match. 2024, we're working on offering health benefits uh, because I want to make sure that I am providing my team with a lot of benefits. So I, I don't offer health benefits right now because that's a monster within itself. But my team gets off every single Friday. They get a 401k with up to a 5% match. You know, we get uh, we give them two weeks off in July, two weeks off in December, one week off in November. So my team gets a lot of time off on top of two weeks for themselves to do whenever they want. Because I'm trying to make sure that my benefit package plus their pay is a good package. You're not going to really find that kind of package all over. And when I offer health benefits, it's insane. It's just going to be a great company to work for, right? But sometimes um, I'm working on offering life insurance. But the reason why I haven't really offered life insurance just yet is because of my good friends over at Ethos, right? Ethos is one of the most affordable ways of getting life insurance. And one of the biggest things I've really been telling my team is, hey, not, don't, don't just get life insurance through Ethos. The majority of my team have a life insurance policy through Ethos. Michelle, she has one. Jay has one. CJ has one. I don't know if Alex has one. I think he might, but I don't know. I haven't asked him, right? But the majority of my team have a life insurance through them. And I told them, get that so that way you can get a full estate plan. As a matter of fact, just check this out real quick. Recently, I've completed my full estate plan, and it's been an emotional journey, if I'm going to be honest with you. But now I have a peace of mind knowing that my family and loved ones are well taken care of. But here's something you may not know that I think you need to know. According to a recent study, nearly 60% of African-American adults have life insurance. Now, wait a minute. Many of these policies may not provide sufficient coverage to fully protect their families in case of unexpected deaths. This lack of adequate coverage is a pressing issue among the black community. It can lead to financial difficulties and potentially hinder the building of generational wealth. In today's time, it's more important than ever for African-Americans to give priority to life insurance and estate planning. You see, by doing so, you can ensure that your loved ones are secure in the event of your passing. This covers funeral and burial costs, clears all debts and mortgages, and provides a financial cushion to help them continue building wealth, long-lasting wealth. Don't leave your family's financial future to chance. I want you to secure life insurance today. I want you to get a free life insurance quote through my friends at Ethos. All you gotta do is go to anthonyoneal.com forward slash life insurance. Again, that is anthonyoneal.com forward slash life insurance for your free quote or click the link in today's show notes. Protect your family's future and attain a peace of mind. Act right now and let's get back to today's show. I really want you to look into securing and covering your loved ones. And I get it. Maybe your job doesn't offer life insurance. Uh, maybe they don't offer um, um, benefits to help you with that. But you know what? You can get it for an affordable price. So go check my friends out over there, Ethos.
One of the stats that, you know, that that I want I really want to talk about um, when, when we talk about 40 percent of undergraduate student loan borrowers don't graduate with a degree. Right. And then 77 percent of them are not happy when they get on their actual job. Here's something that that really, really shook me when it comes to our working individuals. The average American, the average working American has $65,000 in retirement savings, while 32% of these end of, uh, working Americans have zero saved for retirement. So if you're working, if you have a job, you, you have about $65,000 in re retirement, right? That's going to be like the, 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 the average working American. But the same study shows that, hey, there are a certain amount of people who do not have anything in retirement. Earlier, I said that the caliber of our financial future will be determined by the financial choices that we make today. Just the other day, I was driving in an Uber, man, and the Uber guy had to be at least 87 years old. I had my suitcase. I had a real big suitcase. I was going to California, and... Um, I had to put <laughs> this big, heavy suitcase in the back of the car. Normally, uh, when I order a, a black car, normally the guy would get out. Uh, the guy said, hey, young man, can you can you get that? Man, I'm, I'm too old to, to, to lift that. I, I'll open the door for you. I said, yes, sir, no problem. And I get to the back. I lift up. It was a heavy suitcase because I was going for like almost three and a half, four weeks. And I get up and I put it inside the car. And I get in the back car. He said, hey, man, I'm so sorry, man. Please, please, um, please don't give me a bad review, man. I'm... I saw that suitcase and I said, oh Lord, I can't lift that. And uh, he said, I'm so sorry. I said, no, sir, you, you are totally good. Did not give him a bad review. Actually gave him an amazing review and gave him a 20% tip uh, when he dropped me off. And while, while he was driving, I asked him, I said, hey, sir, how, how old are you? And I forgot the age and I, I don't want to lie, but he said something right around his 80s. And I said, may I ask a personal question? He said, sure. I said, why? Like, why are you driving in the 80s? Is this because you just want something to do with your time? <laughs> so, oh, no, I wish I could be home right now. He said, man, but I just didn't make the right decisions when I was your age. How old are you, son? I said, man, I'll be 40. I'll be 40. Uh, this was back in December. I said, I'll be 40 next year. And it's so funny. Every older person that I have this conversation with says, Use your youthfulness wisely. Everyone. This, this young man in his 80s came back to me. And, well, it didn't come back to me, but in the midst of that conversation, he said, I don't have too many regrets in my life, but I do wish if God gave me another chance, I will go back to my 30s and just make better decisions. He said, yeah, I get a little check, but that check literally... Son covers the bills, the, just the basic bills. This right here allows me to actually live. That hit me. That hit me. He said, this is the money that gives me gas money. This right here gives me grocery money. This right here gives me money to go see my children and grandchildren. But if I didn't do this, I could only pay my, my mortgage, pay this, pay that, pay the mandatory bills. And I want to ask you this. 
What are you investing towards your future? What, 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 what decisions are you making today that's going to impact your tomorrow? So a lot of y'all may be saying, hey, Anthony, okay, I hear you. I'm, I'm a part of this stat. You know, I, I, I maybe have $65,000 in, in, in retirement savings. And some of y'all may say, hey, yo, I don't have nothing in savings. And let me, ooh, let me say this. Let me say this. Uh, ooh, Jesus. I got to say this with grace and with love. The people with the zero in savings are not technically the people who have jobs. Because I think a lot of people, I need to actually look into this. A lot of people are investing into their 401ks on their jobs. They may not leave and open up an IRA. and They may not leave and invest. But let me tell you what is so shocking to me. The people who have zero in savings are entrepreneurs. It's because we get 100% of our money and we don't have something taking out for 401ks. When I started the 401k, before I told my whole team about it, I was the first person to sign up myself. I invest my money into a 401k and get the company match. I, I do that myself. I invest into a SEP. I, I invest into other areas. But most entrepreneurs are not investing into retirements. Because we get all this money, we see all this money, and we're, we're, we're not really spending the time to sit down and say, you know what, what's, what's the best thing for me to do for my finances? So I would encourage you. I want to encourage you. Hear, hear my heart. Wherever you are, please don't be a part of this stat. And if you are in this stat, be in the world, but not of the world. Be in this stat. Don't be of it. Get out of it. And this is what we're praying for this year. This is what we're praying for on the 22nd, that we could decrease this mindset and increase our investments, increase our wealth. And so what is a good common rule of thumb when it comes to aiming for retirement? Okay, what is that good common rule? Number one rule I'm going to tell you is sit down with a financial advisor and you come out what works best for you. But the goal is you should be aiming for to live off of at least 70 to 80% of your pre-retirement annual income. So say for an example, let's say if you're making $100,000 per year before retirement, you might want to aim to have and to generate at least enough income to where you're making at least $70,000 to $80,000 a year. So if you're making $100,000 a year pre-retirement while working, your investments should be able to at least give you $70,000 to $80,000 a year. My goal is that my ultimate goal is I want a million dollars a year. That's my goal. That's why I'm investing heavily. I'm investing aggressively to where I could be living off of $80,000, $88,000 a month. That's my goal. Or $83,000 a month. That's my goal. Yeah. Because I still want to be a giver of my church. I still want to travel the world. I still want to be able to do the nice things. That's my goal. That may not be your goal, but your goal should be 70 to 80% of your pre-retirement income. This is going to factor in your age, inflation, investment returns, health care costs, lifestyle choice. That's it. That's it. Which we just talked about how I want to be 
I want to be making at least a million dollars, right? Which comes into a stat number six, which is very, very interesting. Um, and this is so interesting because I think a lot of people feel a certain kind of way by this stat, but it, it is what it is. 80% of millionaires are first-generation millionaires. First generation. We hear all these stories of, oh, he got that money from his mom. He got that money from, money from his dad. Well, his parents set him up well. Well, that's true for 20% of individuals. It's true. But 80% of millionaires are first-generational, are first-generation millionaires. I think, yeah, my brother-in-law and sister made their first seven figures in our family. And then I came right behind him and, and started doing that. But I do want to understand, I do want you to understand the difference of millionaires. We see so, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire, I'm a millionaire. Um, uh, there's three kind of, I would say, categories of millionaires. The very first category, which I think is the most common millionaire, are your net worth millionaires. Like I said earlier, these are individuals who may make on average about 80000 to about $100,000, maybe $100,000 um, a year, but they've invested into, you know, all their, their assets as far as, and they've invested into their 401ks, they invest into a mutual fund, IRAs, your SEPs account, your HSAs accounts. They've invested into, you know, homes and rental properties, and, and they have zero debt. And so when you add up all of your asset minus your debt, if you have no debt, what does that equal up to? It could equal up to seven figures. In that case, you are a net worth millionaire. You're worth a million while you may only make $70,000 a year. But watch this. If your net worth is a million, and let's just say the tax return does give you, uh, not your tax return, let's say your compound uh, payout when it comes to your interest is at 10%, that's $100,000 a year if you have a million dollars in the account. Let's just say it's at 8%. Okay, now you're getting $80,000 a year off of your $1 million investment. So, so, so when you really think about, you know, that, you, everyone should aim to become a net worth millionaire. The second one could be an income-producing millionaire, as far as and they make $1 million a year as their income to themselves. Now, the third one that we hear a lot of influencers talk about is uh, th they sell a million dollars <laughs> worth of products. Like, okay, wait, wait. They may have sold a million dollars worth the product, may have made a million dollars worth the product, but it cost them $700,000 to come up with the product. So technically, their company made $300,000 because you got to get back that money. And so I don't want you to be discouraged when you hear people say, oh, I'm a millionaire. Um, uh, listen, focus on just becoming a net worth millionaire while working on trying to figure out how can you produce a million dollars a year profit. That's the goal. That's the goal. Here's number eight. I got what? Two more, two or three more. Yeah. Three more, three more. Um, I hear so many people say, man, it's probably too late for me to work. And I, it bothers me when I hear people say this, like, Oh man, I'm, I'm almost 50 years old. I'm going to give up my dreams. I think that's one of the, the, the most immature thing. Uh, 
I'm going to say immature. Yeah, it could be an immature statement. You're not an immature person, but it could be an immature statement because you do not have faith. Did you know that the average millionaire didn't become a millionaire until the age of 49? I'm going to let that sit right there. That the average millionaire really didn't come become a millionaire until they were like 49 years old, which is so true because I, I can feel that. At the age of 40, I think about things differently now. Like, since about 38, I would say, I, I, I'm seeing myself mature. There are certain things I'm growing out of, like, uh, that was a little immature, A.O. Uh, oh, uh, uh, like, uh. Like, this year, um, I told my CPA, y'all, y'all, um, I don't know when, I don't know if we aired this show already or not, uh, but I have my A-team on the show, and I was was telling my A-team that, you know, I would love to get at least uh, a half a million to seven, to seven figures just sitting in the account uh, for my business, right? And, like, I really want that because as we're hiring more, I really want to make sure that I have a good amount of money in reserves because I care about my team members. I, I value them, and I want to make sure that if life hits us, uh, we can still employ our people for a full 12 months. There's no way in the world I can operate a business for 12 months and not make any money. And so, like, now it's like, okay, wait a minute. Um, we got this building. My team is growing. I want to be able to give out more pay raises. But I got to make sure, though, that I'm positioning myself to be wise. So now all these big things that I was thinking about doing, I'm like, ah, cancel that. What's most important for me is legacy. And legacy for me is not just my parents, but it's also about securing a firm foundation for my team members. So I told that to my, to my CPA, 2024, I'm not going to really be buying too much property as far as in real estate. I want to position myself to where the company is in a real, real, real good, healthy position. And so when I when I hear that the average millionaire didn't become a millionaire until the age of 49, I understand it because mindsets tend to shift. We became we become more dialed in in like our late 30s and early 40s. Like now I'm like, OK, what do I really need? Like what I'm valuing more in these days and time to me is just like, wow, I took my team on the first team retreat. I was thinking about that two years ago. But now I was like, no, nah, we need to all come together. And it was one of the best things our team did. But I didn't think about that until like right now. Like, yo, we need to come together. And this is something that I wish my younger men and women could understand in their 20s. If you can start thinking like this in your 20s, forget retiring at 65. You're going to retire at 45, 50. So listen, don't give up on your dreams just yet. If you're 49, 50 years old, you're in your prime time. You can still get it. You can still make it. But here's the thing, too. This is a startling stat. Number nine. By the time you retire, we showed you this inside of my wealth magnet. And y'all can go there. Go to anthonyoneal.com. Uh, you'll be able to click on that wealth tool, and you can do your own calculation for your own system. But 90% of your investment portfolio will likely consist of growth from compound interest. This is free money over a longer period of time. Oftentimes, we're looking for a shortcut to grow wealth. We're, we're, we're looking for a way to 
a way to have a shortcut to make a million dollars today. I don't mind us trying to figure out what's the best way or the quickest way to make some money in a legit, ethical, and moral way. I'm, I'm all cool for that. But why not have slow money maturing for you? At least you have that going. Do not sleep on compound interest. The end of last year, man, I'm, I'm in a meeting with my A-team, with my accountant, uh, with my advisor, with my attorney. What's the best way to save and invest, uh, not save really, invest more money legally and ethically to where I do not have to pay the IRS more money, but I can put this money aside for me, my family, and my business. And my A-team, my attorney, my uh, financial accountant, and my financial advisor I have an advisor, even though I'm a money guy, right? Um, they said, hey, here are the best ways to do it. So now I'm investing more money to my kids. You could be making $45,000 a year. You still need an advisor. You still need an accountant. You still need an attorney. So this way, when you get of age, retirement age, you have a large portion of income sitting waiting there for you. Watch this. To not pull from the principal, but pull from the compound interest. So what, 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 what are we saying here? If you leave that million dollars in and that million dollars makes you $100,000 every year, you're only pulling out the $100,000 to live off of. You don't have to touch the million dollars. And that's my goal. I want to get at least $10 million in account, 10 to 15 million, depending on what inflation is looking like around that time. I want to get at least 10 to 15 million in account to where I pull the compound of at least a million, 800,000 to a million dollars out of that account. And I leave the principal in there and I'm passing that off to legacy. I'm getting older. I'm thinking, I'm thinking differently. I'm going to have all my homes paid for. I'm going to have a vacation home for my family. I'm going to have our primary home, right? I'm going to have all that paid for. I'm going to be driving my dream cars. My wife is going to be driving her dream cars. My kids are going to be in a good place financially if I have kids. To where that $800,000 a year should be for me and my wife. And we're talking about kids. Last stat that I think a lot of us may fall into. Stat number 10. 25% of student loan borrowers default within the first five years of repayment. This is a stat that just bothers me. It just gets on my nerves. That's why I wrote the book, Debt Free Degree. To help people not fall into this stat. If you were a part of any of these stats, if you are, if you are, I want you to put in a comment, me. Just type me if you're watching this on YouTube right now. Hey, I was a part of one of these. But like I said earlier, I want you to remember the affirmation that I gave you earlier, that you are firmly rooted in your faith and values. While you navigate through the world, you will remain untouched by its negativity and materialism because you are guided by light. You are guided by his love and you're guided by spiritual wisdom, spiritual wisdom, spiritual wisdom. 
for the people listening to this on podcast, I have my Bible lifted up because this is the wisdom that we all should be learning from. If, if we're guided by spiritual wisdom, we should be making choices that reflect our true essence and our divine purpose. If, 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 if we're not listening to this wisdom, we're not making the right choices. And if we're not listening to this wisdom, the Bible, then we are a part of these stats. And that's not who we are. Because yes, we're in this world, but we are not of this world. And if we're not going to be of this world, then we got to be surrounding ourselves with individuals who will help us not be of this world. So, <clears throat> make sure y'all check out my friends on the, the Neatness Network. Uh, amazing shows that we have on this network, man. I'm, I'm super excited, super grateful to have them a part of this family. Because we're really focusing on how do we have a neat life. A lot of us aim for perfection. A lot of us get depressed over perfection. But if we can just aim to be neat every single day, we'll get close to perfection. Probably never hit it. But every single day our life is getting better. And me, myself, and this amazing team can do it. Real quick, here's a question of the show brought to you by Build Your Table with Anthony O'Neill that airs every Wednesday starting in February. It's a live show to where you can call in and ask your question. Today's question comes from Rebecca. She says, you recently said on one of your shows that I should not give my kids an allowance. <laughs> I was taught that an allowance should be given in exchange for doing things around the house. Do you not agree with this approach? You know, some may find this unpopular, right? Some may find this unpopular. And some, so many people say, Anthony, you don't have a kid. You, you, you're going to change. And it's so funny. You know, it's so funny when, when people say that. It's, it's, it's so funny. It's so funny. It's almost like people who are saying, here's how you, be, here's how you can become a millionaire. Or here's the best way to run a business. And it's like, no, I don't have kids. No, I, I, I do not have kids. The Bible says, train your child up in the way that he or she should go. I think it does our kids disservice to pay them to make up their beds. How is that training our child up in the way that they should go? The training part should be, and you all may disagree with that. Let me know in the comments if you disagree with that. Why am I going to pay my kid to do something that they will have to do for the rest of their life and not get paid for it? When they leave this house, they're not going to get paid to make up their beds. When they leave this house, they're not going to get paid to do the dishes. So for me, I'm definitely going to have a, what you all call a wave allowance. I call it a commission. Hey, son, I want you to come out here. I want you to help me cut this grass. Or, or I want you to do something that you could get paid for. My son can get paid for you know what I'm saying? Cutting people's grass. He can go out there and start a lawnmower business. He can go out there and start a car wash business. You know what, son? How about come on a job with me? One thing that my mom did when we were younger, I forgot the name of this program that was in 
um, uh, there was this program to where we can actually go on the job with our parents. And because they are our parents, uh, they will have us like in a bat. Uh, they'll bring us sheets of paper and we will have to actually have to sort them out or we will have to, uh, have to run them through the copy machine or like they made us actually work. And because we worked on an actual job training us up in the way that he or she should go, uh, we got paid for that. Um, for a little while, my parents did give us allowance, but then they grew out of that and said, you know, what? why? Why am I paying you to do the dishes? This is something you have to do for a living. When you grow up and become an adult, you're going to do your dishes. You're going to make up your bed. You're going to clean up your house. You're going to maintain your house. You're not getting paid to do that. So instead, they were like, hey, you know what? You're not going to get an allowance for this. We're going to give you commission, but you're going to go over here and you're going to work. I was delivering newspapers with my dad at, on the weekends at 4 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. I was on Saturdays, man. I would get up. Actually, I wouldn't get up at 7 o'clock at night, correct me from wrong, Dad, put in the chat from wrong, that we would go to a newspaper place and we would literally stack all the newspapers for the people to go out there and deliver it. So my dad was like, hey, no, we need to stop telling our kids you're going to get paid for making up your bed. No, you're going to get paid for going to do work. And in exchange for doing work, you're going to get paid to come home to provide for your family. So however we want to call it, allowance, commissions, I hope you understand my heart. My heart is this, that I do not want to pay my kids to do something that they would have to do for the rest of their life for free. But I want to train them at a young age. I want you to get used to leaving the house, not playing PlayStation, not sitting around the house, but leave the house, go out into the real world, do something, work, in exchange for doing something and working, you get a check Come back home, pay your tithe, be a good steward off of the 90%. That's how the real world works. No, I don't have kids. No, I don't see myself doing that any differently. No, because I'm going to have a job. My kids are not going to get paid for making up the bed. They're going to come to the studio with their dad. They're going to work at the studio. <laughs> They're going to go on the road with me and, and work with me on the road. It's almost like what Dave Ramsey and them did. Like, he made his kids go come on the road with him and work in the business. They got paid doing that. So that's my thoughts. Let me know in the chat if you agree. If you're watching this on podcast, come over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel. Let me know if you agree with what I'm saying, if you understand the concept of what I'm trying to say, right? And so I think that we said earlier today that 17% of people, 17% of our high schoolers are not getting the financial education at home. If we're not getting giving them the financial education at home, I mean, at, at the schools, and we're really not giving it to them at home, where are they going to get it? From TV? From our music? We got to do better. We got to do better. Yo, it's your boy, Anthony O'Neill. I love you. I'll see you in the next show. Peace out. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. 
like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.